This is Talk is Sheep, a podcast by the Wild Sheep Society of British Columbia. Come along as we take conversations that matter to you into the high alpine. Steve-O, July 22nd. We're on the uh, precipice of the sheep opener. Some of us are anyway. I'm not going till mid-September, so I'm not too excited yet. I understand you bought a sheep tag this year, right? I haven't yet, but I will be. Okay. I, I don't want to yeah. carry it around yet. I've, I've still got uh, some bear to be hunting in August, right? And the new new regs state you have to carry all your tags, and I don't want to lose it. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Um, yeah, so we're literally... Um, what are we, 10 days away from the opener? So, uh, yeah, it's yeah. happening quick. Um, so, y- you mentioned uh, road closures, f- wildfire. What's what's our concern there? Well, yeah, uh, people are going to be heading north out of the lower mainland and all over. And pay attention to Dry BC. I've uh, got some friends that are supposed to be coming up tomorrow to visit. And uh, they're going to have to detour through Kamloops and up and around because of the fires through uh, Lytton area, 100-mile uh area so pay attention to that you might be hitting a roadblock uh road closure so yeah can't stress that enough make sure your your route's clear before you head up okay great um yeah so we're not going to spend a bunch of time on this we're going to get right to the podcast this is a really cool one i think we're episode 37 and we've got renee thornton on from the wild sheep foundation uh she's the women hunt chair uh for the women hunt committee and they got a fantastic new program this year that's really exciting. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, you, you just hear the enthusiasm in Renee's voice. She's so passionate about this uh, subject. And, um, you know, I, I, she shared this program with uh, Wild Sheep Society BC here last week. And I just was so excited about this is such a great opportunity for, you know, uh, a potential lady hunter that's interested in, in getting into the hunting community. So um, just a great episode with Renee. Oh, they had lots of lots of cool stuff she she puts out there, and yeah, if if you've got a uh, a woman hunter or some uh, a woman hunter that's not experienced, that's the key, and one that, or one that wants to get into it, you're going to want to give this a listen because there's a great opportunity here for someone. And part of this is to promote um, you know this program from the Wild Sheep Foundation. It's uh, it's a new program. They're looking for twelve lady hunters, or but uh, you know. Uh, aspiring lady hunters really yeah. um to um and, and you'll hear all about it on the podcast so give it a listen and if you know somebody that maybe has any remote interest in in hunting or uh anything to do with that uh share this with them make sure they get their application in it's a pretty tight timeline they have to have everything done by i think renee mentions august 9th on the podcast so um you know make sure you share this around and let people know about it. Uh, what's going on? So my wife doesn't hunt, uh, very supportive of it, nothing wrong with it. Um, she doesn't have any issues with it. She just doesn't hunt, um, and doesn't in- have an interest to, um, what's going on. I know that your, your spouse, she is interested. I think she's done some hunting. Has she harvested an animal? I believe she has, hasn't she? No, she hasn't actually. She's got her core. She's got her, her PAL a couple of years ago. I think I told you the story before we, uh, we're up on a road North of here in Prince George and, uh, snowshoe hare was open and come around the corner is a snowshoe hare at about 30 yards so she gets the 22 out gets the shooting sticks out i hear the safety come off and then hear the screech of a a falcon hawk and it comes and hammers the rabbit like right in her scope and she looks at me and she goes well i uh i guess that wasn't meant to be so first animal she was getting ready to shoot it was swiped by uh, a bird so no she hasn't hasn't swiped or hasn't shot anything lowered a rifle on the one rabbit and yeah so it'd be a perfect program for someone like her 
Absolutely, dude. The only thing is, is it's going to kill you if she gets to go to Texas and takes this $4,000 program and you get to sit at home with with your daughter. It's going to be a nightmare, man. <laughs> who, who says I won't be putting on a wig and pretending? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so anyway, um, we're going to go straight to the podcast. Uh, really honored to have Renee Thornton on uh, the show. Uh, episode number 37, Wild Sheep Foundation, Women Hunt. If you looked up the words conservation superhero in the dictionary, you would see a picture of our friend Omer from Precision Optics, a tireless donor and supporter of all things wild sheep. Precision Optics, located in Quinell, British Columbia, truly stands alone in the high alpine. From optics to rifles to outdoor gear and a knowledge that cannot be surpassed, toss in that killer smile and you have a total conservation package. Precision Optics, we are truly thankful for the support you show us every step of the way. Find them online at precisionoptics.net or in Aroma Foods, located just off Highway 97 in Quinell, B. Good morning, Renee. How are you doing? I'm great, Kyle. Thanks. How are you? Good. So you're coming to us from the sunny state of Nevada. Is that right? Or where are you at today? Yeah, we're in Lake Tahoe today enjoying the beautiful weather and uh, boating out here. Fantastic. Well, hey, I really want to thank you for coming on the the podcast, Talk of Sheep. And, uh, you know, um, you reached out to all the Wild Sheep Foundation chapter and affiliates this past week with a really exciting program. And, um, you know, Steve and I have talked a lot. We really would like to have you on the show here. So this was when we seen this, we're like, okay, we really got to get you on and have a discussion about everything. So, you know, um, a lot of our listeners probably recognize your name, but maybe don't know you as well as they could. So, I'd just like to hear a little bit about who Renee Thornton is, where she comes from, um, you know, a little bit about, you know, where your past, your, you know, professionally, what you, anything you want to share with us, we'd love to hear about you. So. Okay. Well, thank you so much. Um, Well, let's see. I am uh, I'm a Canadian girl from I'm from the province of Alberta, born and raised just outside of Edmonton in a farming family and uh, lived my whole life in Alberta um, and uh, traveled a lot. Uh, I've been to six or seven continents. I love exploring the world and uh, and meeting new people. That's a big passion of mine. I professionally worked for the Canadian federal government for 30 years. I had a really great career with them. I did a lot of diverse things and, um, and uh, really was able to contribute a lot to, um, you know, what our Canadian government offers uh, to citizens with respect to services and programs. I led a huge team of people and, uh, and, you know, but and it was a great time in my life, but uh, I now live in the great state of Montana, about 40 minutes west of Bozeman. And uh, it's a beautiful part of that state. And um, I'm married and I have two dogs and uh, a great life there. And it's a whole new journey, and especially because I moved down to the States after we were married um, and COVID hit two months later. So it really was um, a baptism by fire, uh, having immigrated to the United States and then having you know all the restrictions we all did during the pandemic with not being able to travel home. But um, that's past us, and I'm happy about that. And and it's it's a great place to live. Fantastic, Renee. So yeah, I think you know my first encounter with you, I believe, was at Sheep Show 2019. So um, I, I I ran into you at the show and met you and had a really great discussion and really. You know, it was, I, I could see your enthusiasm and you're hanging out and meeting and just, you know, it was so cool to, to talk to you. And, and during that time, actually, I think it was, I don't know if it was 19 or 20, you know, we started talking a little bit about, um, you know, your journey in the hunt world, um, you know, and, and some of the things you've experienced and, um, you know, and it, your enthusiasm was infectious for, you know, for the hunting community and, uh, and wild sheep too. I could sense that right away. So, you know, um, y- now you, let, let's talk a little bit about, um, what, um, the wild sheep foundation and women hunt. And, um, I, I understand you're the lead of that committee, right? So, um, can you yes. talk a little bit about that and, and just the background on that and, um, and that evolution and how that came about? Yeah, absolutely. And it, and it is all tied in together, um, as most things are. So it was late uh, 2016, early 2017, living and working professionally in Calgary. And I had been 
toying with this idea of learning to hunt for several years. And I always pushed that thought aside because I didn't know what to do with it. I didn't know anybody well who hunted and, and just didn't know where to start. But it was a recurring thought. It kept coming up. And I and I finally decided, you know, surely to goodness, I can figure this out and pathfind this. And, um, and so, um, you know, being Canadian, it's very different, as you know, as being American, as far as gun ownership is concerned. So that was my first hurdle was figuring out how to how to legally, um, you know, uh, become uh, licensed to own a firearm in Canada. And, uh, and then after I did that, I did my hunter education program. And what I generally found in the first part of my journey was that I was able to figure out these elements. How do I become a legal gun owner? How do I get my hunter education training? Um, where can I find like-minded people? I joined local fishing game associations in the Calgary area. Um, that, that part of the journey wasn't too difficult for me. Um, you know, and I started going to events volunteering for these organizations, trying to get out and meet people. And generally speaking, the community was very, very welcoming. Um, that whole path led me to find out about Wild Sheep Foundation Alberta chapter. And I didn't know anything about the Wild Sheep Foundation or its chapters and affiliates early on. And uh, But having grown up in, in Alberta uh, in proximity to the Canadian Rockies, of course, uh, adore bighorn sheep. They're beautiful, iconic animals. So I thought, what a great organization. Sounds like they do great work. And I joined Wild Sheep Foundation Alberta. And I also joined Wild Sheep Foundation, the, the national chapter, early on. And, um, and, you know, I, I, I really did have a great first year. It certainly had some challenges. You know, there, was, uh, there were times as I went out to meet people or go to events and volunteer for things where some people just didn't know what to make of a woman showing up and on her own in these environments in her mid-40s. Um, you know, there, so there were some questions about perhaps my motivations or uh, purpose for being there. But as I mentioned, largely folks were very, very welcoming and enthusiastic about um, somebody new to the to the hunting and conservation community in that part of the province, and and wanting to wanting to give back and volunteer. So, um, but uh, nevertheless. Uh, 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 another another key thing that was a huge challenge in that first year for me was finding somebody to mentor me on a hunt. Um, lots of people were super supportive and always willing to talk to me um, or point me in the direction if I had a question about the right boots to buy or pack or camouflage or whatever my, my issue might have been. But getting somebody to take me out into the field was a bit tougher. So certainly for me, in my experience with my personality and how I approached this whole journey, the biggest issue was finding somebody to get me out in the field. So my first sheep show was actually in 2018. I went there knowing nobody other than the president of the Wild Sheep Foundation, Alberta, Rob Kopecki at the time. I knew he was going to be there. And... Um, and so I, I bought my, my package for the, for the week and headed down to Reno and Peppermill and, uh, and just really could not believe what a community Wild Sheep Foundation was. That to me was the best experience I had was with this group. And um, uh, uh, let's see here, that was in early 2018. And then uh, fast forward, it's... Um, summer of 2018 and every summer when I lived in Calgary I would drive into northwestern Montana and fly fish up there on the Kootenai River and uh, I found out that Wild Sheep Foundation in Bozeman was having an open house right around the same time I was going to be in the state so I contacted Kevin Hurley uh, who works for the foundation as you know and headed down um, to, uh, to attend the open house and meet more people and uh, it was at that open house that I met the past chairman of the board of the Wild Sheep Foundation, Brett Jefferson. And he and I had a chance to sit down and talk in a lot of detail about what that first year and a half was like for me. And uh, Brett had an idea, uh, uh, unbeknownst to me, and he approached um, Gray Thornton, uh, president and CEO of the foundation, about Wild Sheep Foundation trying to support uh, new women in hunting and conservation and, and easing that experience. So that was really the genesis of how Women Hunt came to be, uh, was uh, through this path and um, me talking to Brett at that open house. And so, you know, it's just been incredible since then. And the support from Wild Sheep Foundation and the participation every year at the Sheep Show when we host a seminar is tremendous. Um, and it's, it's just been great. 
That's awesome, Renee. So can we just like back up the bus and like, you know, kind of your youth, did you grow up in a, was it a rural community you grew up or did you grow up in the city or what, how did that look like for you? And was there anyone in your family that was involved in the hunting community that did any of the hunting or any of that stuff? Yeah. Um, so I did grow up in rural Alberta, uh, just south of Edmonton, a little small francophone farming town called Beaumont. Um, my parents both were born and raised in farming families, but they themselves didn't farm. We we were in the town site, 300 people. Uh, but all my aunts and uncles uh, all actively farmed uh, around the area, as well my dad's farm, um, my dad's family north of Edmonton in the Radway area. So my summers, my spring breaks, uh, my free time, I was always at somebody's farm. And uh, so I grew up around, um, you know, cattle farmers, dairy farmers, poultry farmers, hog farmers, uh, grain farmers. But um, if anybody hunted in my uh, family, I never heard about it. I never saw it. It was never discussed. I suspect probably like most farmers, they had to kill coyotes and other things on their properties. But I never saw it. It was never something they talked about. And it was certainly never anything that they offered to take me out to do. I did a bunch of other things around the farm, but never that. So um, so when I decided to do all of this, I did not feel like there was anybody in my family that I could speak to. It wasn't something in my mind that they did. So I'm curious with you, your evolution, How with your story, how did you go from um, you know, not really growing up with it, not really probably having much of an interest in it, or, or maybe you did, but how did you go from kind of this adult onset hunter in your mid forties to saying, Hey, I want to be a hunter now. Where did that, was there an event in your life? Did you meet, uh, somebody that, or, you know, what kind of precipitated that, that got that journey going for you? Yeah, great question. It was actually because of that whole uh, life of growing up on farms and understanding animal husbandry and how uh, farmers raise animals. Um, and I moved away from the from this small community uh, after high school, moved into the city and started a career. And um, it was in my early 30s when I started to think about sourcing my meat more ethically. And so I would start to go to far local farmers markets where there were small producers. I really liked the, the producers who would um, invite you to visit their farms and see how they operated their, their, um, their, their, uh, their process with the animals. And, um, and that's when I really started to think about maybe I should just hunt. And that thought came in and out of my mind for almost a decade throughout my mid thirties to my mid forties. And like I said, I just would keep pushing it away because it felt overwhelming. I really did not know how I should tackle this. And, um, and so that that's really what it was. It was initially about wanting to source my meat in the most ethical and uh, natural way possible. That was the start of it. Very cool. So, you know, you talk about your mid thirties and kind of having this, uh, you know, transformation, like wanting to connect more with, uh, you know, a natural source of uh, meat and that sort of thing. So, um, and now you start going to these fish and game, uh, events and, and meeting people and individuals. Um, let, let's talk about some of the challenges for you. Like, obviously there's a gender issue here and, th and that's kind of, I guess the, the women hunt, uh, you know, one of the things you're addressing there, but you know, what were some of the obstacles there? You know, you talked about, you know, there's, there was a lot of support, but then you want to go in the field and it just was, it was tough and I can appreciate that. So, um, you know, what are some of the struggles you had there and, and how did you overcome them? And I guess one of the things I really would like to know is, you know, can a guy mentor a woman? Like, is that, is that going to be a natural thing where you can go on a seven day sheep hunt or a seven day elk hunt, um, and be platonic and, and, you know, there's that whole guy girl thing. Um, and, and what does that look like, um, for you? And, and what are the, some of the, I don't know, um, challenges around that and, and I guess remedies for that. So. Wow. Well, that's, that's a hardball question. Good one. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, um, you know, I guess uh, I, uh, you know, I think it's just important for me to just say that I know that this, uh, this can be challenging for anybody and I'm not implying that there, are, there aren't challenges for anybody who enters the hunting and conservation world, but there are particular challenges that women face. And, and so to your question, um, you know, for, for myself, the, the struggle of finding a mentor in the field. Um, and, and I, and I don't, this is not a criticism. I, un, I fully understand why there were hesitancies and reservations and it is around that concept. Uh, can a guy and a girl go out on a hunt and what does that look and feel like? Right. And so, you know, the big, a big part of it was, 
um, girlfriends and wives uh, not being comfortable with that uh, concept. And I completely understand that. Um, it is a, uh, it is a different one to wrap your head around and, and, and you need to be super comfortable, confident and, um, and, and feel safe with whomever it is that's taking you out. Um, and so, you know, that was a, that was a big, a big, a big part of that barrier for me. And our large reason for that is because at this point in time, even though um, there are a lot of reasons why the fastest growing segment in hunting um, today is women, nevertheless, we might be the uh, fastest growing segment, but most of the pop our population is male. So how do you find a good mentor um, and, and, and how easily can you find a woman to hunter a woman, you know? So... Uh, I got really lucky. I, I was sitting down with a really good friend of mine, my cousin Guy, and um, I was telling him about my journey and he was super excited for me. He did not, he never hunted. And, um, and I said, you know, I'm really struggling with uh, figuring out this mentorship piece. And he said, uh, do you remember um, from hometown? Do you remember Don Thompson? And I did. He was a guy who was in my grade and I hadn't seen him since like a bush party when I was 22 years old or something in rural Alberta, but just, we had gone different paths. But anyways, he said, I play Sunday night hockey with Don. And he said, he's still a really active, uh, huge hunter. And he said, I said, I didn't even know he hunted. Like I never knew that about him. And he said, well, he is huge hunter. And he said, how about if I uh, talk to him about you and see if he might want to sit down and have a coffee. So, so that conversation with my cousin led to me reconnecting with an old friend from my hometown. And he, he is, he's married, he has two adult children. They're both active hunters. His wife hunts a little bit. He said, you know, he said, I'm, I'm done mentoring my own kids. And he said, I, I'd love to help you out. And, you know, he was great about it. He had me over uh, to their acreage. I was able to meet his wife. She was super chill. And, um, you know, uh, I think it helped that we were childhood friends and, uh, you know, I don't really know her thought process other than I just know she was relaxed about the entire concept. And so um, my first hunting opportunity, I thought it would be, you know, whitetail in the fall in Alberta, right? And uh, no, my phone rings in April of that year and Don says, hey, are you ready to start hunting? And I said, yeah, sure. What are we planning for? Something in November? And he said, no. He said, I have a spring bear camp in XYZ area of Alberta that I hunt in every year. And he said, I'd like to take you out on your first hunt for spring black bear. And I mean, I just was like, what? <laughs> it's a lot, I would never have expected that, you know, so that uh, the the bear hunt's a whole other story, but you know that's how my first mentored hunt worked, and a large part of that was really the graciousness of of Don's wife. Right. Um, so on that note, uh, you know your first big game animal going and chasing bears. Um, how did how did you approach that? You know now it's you know now you're in a seasoned hunter and it's uh, but at that time you're thinking, okay, I'm going to go on a whitetail hunt this fall. And all of a sudden you're chasing black bears. Was there an evolution there? Was there anything where you're like, wow, like, um, cause you know, there's the whole predator piece, which, you know, there's a lot of hunters that don't even want to hunt a predator. Right. So what are right. your thoughts on that? Well, I asked a question early on of somebody I met in the Calgary area at one of the uh, game and association banquets I went to and that his response to me stuck with me and it still does to this day. And I asked him, you know, what are your thoughts on, on hunters who ha hunt in, in Africa, for example, you know, like, um, you know, these predator species like lions or whatever. And, and he looked at me and he said, here's the thing. If you choose to hunt, then you're, you're a hunter and you need to be supportive of all hunting as long as it's ethical and legal. Um, you can't start cherry picking what's okay and what's not okay, because what might be okay to you may not be okay to somebody else. And, you know, I'm paraphrasing his answer, but that was basically the nuts and bolts of it. And I really stuck with me. And the other thing I did too, to wrap my head around predator hunting and early on was I just talked to people about what, what, what was that, what was the meaning of that hunt to them? And what did they, what, what did they do with the meat and what did they do, you know, with any part of that animal? And, and that's when I began to learn about how meat is shared and used and, uh, and, and, and well, all the aspects of how uh, we give back within communities, if it's not something we don't use ourselves. And, and that really helped me kind of wrap my head around it. And then as far as my bear hunt was concerned, you know, Dawn had been hunting bear, as I mentioned for years. And, uh, uh, and he, um, you know, he, 
he raved about the meat. He said, you know, sometimes it's touch and go, especially with a fall bear, you know, because they've maybe been into some food sources over the summer preparing for winter that aren't the tastiest, (laughs) but he said spring bear is really good. And so I just decided, you know, to really embrace these concepts of just being, you know, open to the idea if I can use the meat which I did, you know, and it was excellent. And I shared it with people, my family and friends. Some people were hesitant to eat it, but most were pretty enthusiastic. Very cool. Um, There's a whole bunch of stuff I'd love to jump in on there, but I'm going to try and stay on the women hunt um, theme here. And there's so much I'd love to talk to you. And we might have to come have you back on the show to talk about this stuff, because I'd like to hear about your evolution about, you know, initially it was a food source, um, you know, passion that brought you to the hunting community. I'd like to know your your, you know, your journey, if it's still that, or, or, you know, now it's experiential, right? Like there's a, you know, you do a ton of hunting and tons of experiences and, and I'm sure you've evolved, but anyway, we'll get into that on another podcast. So, um, let's, let's, um, let's talk about this mentorship piece. So, um, that, that worked with you and Dawn, right? You had a successful mentorship program. Um, do are you seeing that through women hunt that, you can have that. Is it, you know, probably the most comfortable situation is two women, uh, a woman mentoring another woman. But uh, have you seen successful cases? And, and is that something you encouraged, you know, through your program is to have a, a you know, to, to look for a male uh, mentor as well? Is that, uh, you know, how do you approach that when somebody comes to you and says, hey, I want to hunt? Um, what's that discussion like for you? Yeah, you know, and the the Women Hunt program, we haven't fully developed like a a holistic mentorship program. I'm not sure if we're really going to get there uh, as far as us delivering it directly, but I think we can support it in different ways, which I'll get to when we talk a little bit later about the opportunity this fall in Texas for for 12 new women. But, um, you know, one of the things I did, uh, so when, when Brett Jefferson asked me to take on a lead role to help uh, the pathway for women into hunting for wild sheep foundation, I formed a committee and I selected a, a group of women and uh, I wanted there to be some diversity and age experience and, and, and personality and attitudes um, so that we didn't get caught up in that group think thing, you know, and, uh, and then, and nevertheless, um, what we did for the first sheep show 2019, where we had a seminar, um, we structured it in in a way that the community can meet that committee. And it was, we had an hour and we had over 70 people in the room, which is just phenomenal attendance for a seminar at Sheep Show. And what I did was uh, the ladies all, the ladies on my committee all, all, all thought about something they wanted to talk about and they did talk about a topic, but then um, we also took questions from the crowd. And one of the questions we asked and the group, the group attending every seminar has always been a mix of men and women, which is wonderful. And I I really value that diversity. So um, in any case, we asked the women in the room, uh, would you be comfortable being mentored by a man? And they were, we were using an online poll, Slido, and so I could see the results coming in in real time. And it was about a 50-50 split. You know, 50% of the room was okay with being mentored by a man and 50% would have preferred a woman. You know, so that was, I think, an important question to ask early on. And so every seminar we've had since, you know, the second one in 2020, we moved away from talking heads and we went into a town hall format where we just had them feed us stuff for 90 minutes. We learned a lot about what our community wants from this committee and this program. Um, and so what they really want is, uh, that mentorship piece, though they understand, we don't really know what that looks and feels like yet, but what we all acknowledge is that there's already a ton of really great programs out there and organizations that do fantastic things in all our territories, provinces, and states. So what we're going to develop, we're in the process of just starting the work, is we're going to have a website that has is basically just a hub and spoke. And we're going to pick the key areas that these women our membership have identified to us in these seminars and we're going to point them to what's already out there in their jurisdiction that can help them. Other things we've talked about is, um, you know, bringing in some of the best out there, best women out there. Maybe it's, uh, you know, woman X from whatever's province, who's a really great elk hunter. And then we have her take questions from members who might want to have Uh, some information specific to an elk hunt and it could be a deer hunt or a bear hunt or a sheep hunt or whatever. But, you know, we want to build some resources that we can, um, 
uh, get questions, specific questions answered that maybe the women can't find on an existing resource or just want to dive into a little deeper or they're not comfortable talking about a particular barrier they're facing as a woman in a public forum and they need that private conversation. So, you know, I think mentorship can look like that too. And, um, uh, you know, so um, I, with, you know, I guess I, to answer your question about how do you, how do you, how do you build that mentorship program? I think you just have to go to the existing communities out there and find the right people. And, um, and that, you know, like with Dawn, we, we were a good match. We had same similar ethical values, similar attitudes, uh, backgrounds. It meshed, it worked, you know, so part of that matching people is a challenge, you know, finding the right match. And, um, and I think if we just continue engaging locally with existing resources and folks, that's how we can make it work. Very cool. So you talked about this hub and spoke system and, and connecting with local jurisdictions. Um, what might be an example of that? Can you think of something in, 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 it doesn't matter across the network where, you know, there's this, uh, resource or opportunity for you to get involved. So what would be an example of that Renee that comes to mind for you? Sure. And I guess it depends on what the woman's looking for. Right. But, um, okay. you know, uh, let, let's say it's a woman who's looking, uh, maybe she's already further along in her journey and she's looking for an opportunity to help educate or, 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 or make people more aware about the benefits of hunting and how it helps in conservation. You know, immediately I think about uh, programs that Wild Sheep Society BC is running one campfire, for example, right. You know, um, uh, bringing people along. If it's a woman who's newer to the journey and she's trying to figure out, you know, what boots she needs to buy, you know, um, it, it can be, like I said, one of these women that will target to answer specific questions, or it can even be, um, you know, you have to forgive me the the scope of my experience is really limited to Alberta. So, um, AHIA, Alberta Hunter Education Instructors Association, you know, that would be a great resource for a woman out of the province of Alberta to go to to find out things like that. Or even, hey, they offer a shotgun class. I want to learn how to shoot shotgun or whatever it might be. And I know that these things exist across the network. Very cool. Um, so, Renee, I just want to talk about, um, you know, pivot away from the mentorship piece. And now, you know, for women, you know, I've heard this several times. I hear this in podcasts and just in dialogue with women that, you know, you kind of get treated differently. Like, you know, a, a single woman goes into a store and is asking stuff. And, and my wife experienced this. Actually, she was buying me some uh, Sitka gear. She, you know, she knew I wanted something and she went into the local uh, fish and game store and they didn't treat her well. They treated her very poorly. They were very condescending. Um, and she was just buying something for me. But it's even worse when I hear these stories about a woman that goes in and says, well, you know, I want to go hunting and I need some gear. Like, oh, so you're going with your husband or your boyfriend or like, no, I just want to go hunting by myself. Um, and then, or, or a guy and girl go in, which is even worse. And the woman's maybe the experienced hunter and they have, you know, she's there with her, her significant other or friend or whatever. And they're talking to the guy, like he knows what he's doing. And, and, you know, so uh, have you experienced that? And, and, and if, if, if not, you know, what's your experience in, in talking to women and that, that experience for them? Oh, absolutely. I've experienced that. And I've got several hunts under my belt now and I still experience it. And, um, right. you know, it, it, it is, uh, I just think, uh, an unfortunate part of the reality of the industry right now is, um, is just male, it's a male dominated industry and, and it's taking some people some time to cotton on to the fact that women are, are really exponentially growing within it. So, you know, we're all different in how we deal with things, you know, and it's um, sometimes it's a real challenge and how I've dealt with it over the years just has depended mostly on my mood that day. And most of the times I just take a deep breath. I take a deep breath, an internal breath, and then I just try in the calmest way possible to um, explain to the person that actually I'm a fairly accomplished hunter and I'm just looking for some advice on X, Y, Z or, or, you know, whatever they're, whatever they're throwing back at me, I just do my very best to, to be calm in my response and non-confrontational doesn't always work. Sometimes I get cranky about it, <laughs> yeah. but, um, you know, um, 
Uh, it's a really tough one. And I think, I think that, you know, a woman who chooses this path needs to know that she has to have a pretty tough hide and that you're just, you're just gonna, you're gonna take some of this on and, and you, it's best to try to let it roll off your back. So in my conversations with women at the seminars or privately or offline or in small groups, whatever it is, generally, you know, that's where I try to help, uh, funnel them is into that, you know, we can make small changes to, to get to a larger change. But in the meantime, you know, we just have to, we just have to let it slide off our backs. Yeah. Kyle, you remember we had that conversation with Bree Van Scotter, a friend of mine. She's an influencer out of, out of Georgia, executive chef, has a television show about hunting and she's super accomplished. Like she's done African hunts and uh, she's just done the gator hunt and she had an interview a couple years ago, I believe it was, and uh, sat down with one of the major national reporters. And he said, so your husband takes you hunting and got you into hunting. And that's that's a real hot button with her. And he, he doesn't hunt. But the automatic stigma that you're facing because you're, you're a, a female, just it, it sticks. And I, I totally get it. Yeah. And you're you're absolutely right. And it, it, it's... Um... I mean, it's less now, I'll be honest with you, given the fact of, to, of who I'm married to and and um, and just the exposure that brings to who I am in a room, you know, but before that happened, I was anonymous, uh, completely anonymous. And and absolutely, that was a standard response was um, you know, your your husband hunts or your boyfriend hunts or where is your husband and where is your boyfriend? What do you mean you're here by yourself? You know, really interesting um, responses. Well, and you know, the interesting thing is I look at someone, I think Anna Voracek is on your committee. Am I correct in that? You know, you look at someone like She's not on the committee. Sorry to correct you okay. there, Kyle, but she okay. was a guest this year uh, okay. during the seminar. Right. Yeah, yeah. So, so I look at someone like her or, you know, the list goes on and on and on, but Christy Titus is, I could g- drop a hundred names and, you know, these women have killed 10 times more than I ever will even think about. Right. And they're way more accomplished and, and so successful. Right. And it's, you know, there's so many successful accomplished and, and it's like you said, it's a growing part of the industry now. And, and I think like for retailers in the industry, they're going to really have to evolve and, and, you know, re rethink their strategy because uh you know a lot of their customers down the road are it's gonna uh, it, it is gonna be steeped uh, with a lot of women that are are in are now doing what we love to do right so yeah it's it's really interesting and it just amazes me we have so many accomplished people in our community now that are female hunters um yeah so it, it just amazes me that there's still that old stigma that hangs around right so yeah yeah. Um, okay, cool. Um, I know there's a bunch of other stuff we could talk about, you know, obstacles for women entering into the hunting community. But what I'd love to talk about now is um, I got an email uh, from you a couple uh, early last week um, regarding a new campaign, a new program that you have. And I'm really excited about this. Uh, Wild Sheep Society BC, um, we voted to support it. Um, and we're going to promote it through our channels, um, the work that you're doing through the Wild Sheep Foundation, your committee. So um, tell us about Women Hunt, what's going on in Texas, and about your program coming up this fall, because I, I can't wait to hear about it. And we really want to um, promote this well. And and I just can't wait to see the outcome. Yeah, thank you. I am so excited about it, too. You know, and uh, had this opportunity existed for me when I was starting out in 2016, 17, I just would have been all over it. You know, it was. I think that's a it's a game changer. And um, yeah, so Women Hunt, I just like to just quickly, Kyle, if you don't mind, uh, we, uh, for those of you who've been following the journey the last two years of this committee and this program, you're probably thinking, hey, is that the name? It is the name now. So just, uh, I just want to go through that for a second. Initially, you know, we didn't really know how to brand ourselves and we were called the Women in Hunting Initiative. I never liked it. It's wordy. I don't like the acronym, you know, but anyway, uh, this year, uh, you know, I was uh, doing a lot of online research, kind of seeing other uh, other groups, how they name themselves and brand themselves. And I suddenly just came up with Women Hunt. And I thought, I like this. It's clear and it's declarative. And it I think it invites a little bit of curiosity. What does that mean, Women Hunt? And also... I feel it's unapologetic. It's a statement. It's an action statement. And so that's our new name, Women Hunt. We've trademarked that and um, we're thrilled it was not taken <laughs> in that process. <laughs> but anyway, so uh, we've moved away from the old lingo and, and uh, it's the Wild Sheep Foundation's 
women hunt program. So uh, what cool. we're doing this fall. Yeah. Thank you. So this fall. So what happened was, um, uh, I had an opportunity to observe a course in February at the FTW ranch in Hill country of Texas. And it's a new, the program is called the new hunter program course. And uh, the FTW ranch designed uh, and developed this course and started delivering it. As I said, first time was in February. So I went out to observe it because I had let the ranch owner know that that was something I thought had extraordinary value. When I looked at the, the skeleton of the of the course schedule, I, I, I thought, my goodness, this is actually soup to nuts. It's going to take a brand new hunter from not even having fired a gun, potentially, to, you know, har- hunting um, a doe on this property. And it, it really is a soup to nuts program. And so I, I went out to observe it. Uh, they were really receptive to feedback, which, um, you know, I mean, uh, you know, any new program needs tweaking. But, you know, I, I certainly went in with the lens of, of a woman and a new woman hunter. And uh, they were they were great about that. And so they've delivered it a few times since and they continue to tweak it a little bit. But the, the nuts and bolts of it remain the same. And so, um, I, you know, I got with my committee after having observed it and I said, I just think that this would be a great way to really kick off the new program, the rebranded program, and really get something going um, that you can just generate a bunch of interest and excitement and really an incredible opportunity for 12 women. So uh, we, we, we built a business plan. We presented it to... Um, to the chairman or chairwoman and the and the CEO of Wild Sheep Foundation, and then got board approval, and we're on our way. So, basically, the the concept is that um, the we're going to work with the Wild Sheep Foundation's chapters and affiliates, and we're we want to find twelve exceptional women to send on this opportunity. And the committee has developed a series of questions. There's an application package. Every member gave thought to what they felt was a a thought provoking, challenging question to ask. And we built a package and um, any interested woman can apply. And, um, and, you know, the committee will assess every application that comes in, but we really want this. This is designed to support the women of the Wild Sheep Foundation and its chapters and affiliates. Um, And so that's why we approached the chapters and affiliates to help us find those women. So uh, once, um, you know, the, the opportunity is tremendous. I'll go through a little bit of the details with you guys. Um, so the the course is going to be in early October. And I picked those dates because the weather is great in Texas. It's not too hot. And also, it's going to give these women immediate experience about a month out to hunting season in most regions. So uh, it'll be fresh in their minds and, and uh, a good kickstart for them. So the ladies have... Um, the chance to be selected to attend the course and um, they, they, uh, they, they're responsible for getting themselves to San Antonio and uh, beyond that, we'll take care of them. Uh, So, but they get down to San Antonio on September 30th. We overnight um, on the river walk, have a group dinner where they can all get to know each other and break the ice a little bit on the Friday, October 1st, we've hired coach transport and we're going to drive everybody out to the ranch and um, and uh, it's about a three-hour drive or so. Get everybody there safely. And uh, once we arrive at the ranch, uh, we're gonna have some lunch, and then everybody's gonna jump into the jeeps with the instructors and staff, and we're gonna tour the ranch or parts of the ranch. Anyways, it's huge. It's fourteen thousand acres, but we'll tour parts of the ranch so that. Uh, they can see the environment they're going to be working in for the following four days. So what does, um, what does a, what does a range look like where they're going to learn how to shoot and what does a paper target look like versus a steel target versus a 3d target? You know, what does a blind look like a hunting blind? What does, you know, or even just so, you know, we're going to see game as we drive through the ranch. So what's the difference between an axis deer and a black buck deer and a white tail deer and whatever else we might see. So they're going to get some orientation. And then, um, and then we're going to jump in on, on Saturday morning. It's a four day course and they're going to learn everything from how to, how to handle their, their gun, their scope, ammunition, um, uh, how to shoot accurately and confidently to 300 yards. And, uh, 
uh, you know, a basic shooting positions, uh, how to build your house to shoot a, in a stable manner. You know, um, they, there's a high concentration, of course, on learning how to use your gun and use it well. Um, and then from there, you know, game identification, shot placement, uh, field dressing, butchering. They bring in a chef from San Antonio who specializes in wild game cooking. He's going to teach everybody how to make sausage um, and other dishes. Uh, some really great uh, perks from this, all this opportunity, you know, you get an opportunity to hunt a white-tailed doe and um, maybe you'll be successful and maybe you won't, that's hunting. But what we're going to have the ladies do is share their harvest. So whoever is successful, however many of the 12 are successful, that meat will get portioned out between the 12 of them. And, you know, we've got lots of great sponsors. We have, you know, this, this, we have Yeti who's, who's fully donated 65 quart coolers and ice, and we're going to pre-ship it down there. And those ladies can just pack up those coolers and take that meat home with them. Um, you know, we have, uh, um, the program actually is funded for the most part. You know, we, we've had some very generous donors over the last couple of years who've donated auction items at the sheep show. We've had some individual donors, you know, this is, and then we, you know, the chapters and affiliates are going to be um, supporting as well for the ones who are selected, you know, and so these, these ladies are just going to be getting a, a, a tremendous, tremendous opportunity. They're going to be uh, able to, um, uh, Weatherby is supplying us with the rifles and uh, uh, Leica with the scopes. Uh, the, the, the women will have that option. If they liked their gun and scope package that they used for the four days, they can buy it at a really reduced price, take it home with them in a hard case. Um, Kenetrek has, uh, we're working with Kenetrek. They're making a donation to us for a pair of boots for every woman who attends. We're going to be working with some camo companies to get some clothing. Um, you know, there's just, um, really tremendous um, funding and support from from multiple uh, um, companies and individuals. Um, I, you know, I, I can't say enough about the course. Like when I, when I observed it, it really was um, remarkable to see how uh, they took these, these new hunters and just built proficiency and confidence in four days. And to me, the really exciting part about, you know, about this is that we've taken their base program, tweaked it a little bit. We're going to bring in 12 women. And, um, and I really feel that this is a great environment to, for, for them to go out and, and give it a shot. You know, it's possible that out of those 12, somebody's going to figure out they don't want to do this and that's okay. There's going to be no judgment. It's a safe place. And, um, and, but hopefully they'll all find out they love hunting and, and, and be really great, um, you know, proponents and supporters. One of the things uh, we're doing is um, we're going to inject into the course um, a delivery of the North American uh, uh, conservation model for wildlife. Um, I've asked Becky Humphreys from the National Turkey Federation um, um, to, to record the, her delivery of that model. So interesting, Kyle, uh, 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 Dr. Peregrine Wolf, chair of the Wild Sheep Foundation, had heard Becky deliver the model once at a um, wildlife veterinary uh, symposium and apparently becky's delivery is really great she's she uh she's very relatable and it, and and she can deliver it in such a way that the person listening can grasp the concepts and then repeat them so um we've asked becky to refilm that and then we're gonna we're gonna show that and then have a discussion about it so we've added aspects of what were important to us to this course and um we really want these 12 women to you know, have just a spectacular experience and really understand um, that fundamental piece of how hunting forms such an important part of wildlife conservation. Right on. So, uh, Renee, so just to be clear, so you get, you're going to have these applications. And so somebody's interested. Um, first of all, you know, what's the criteria? Do, is it, you know, if, if they're an experienced hunter, I guess, kind of they out because you're looking for you know, encouraging new people into the, the community. And then also, you know, what's important? What are you guys looking at for in the selection process? So let's say we have somebody that is a listener that maybe is interested in hunting, or maybe they know a woman that might be interested. Um, you know, what kind of things are you guys looking for when you, in your selection process to encourage people for the course? Yeah, great question. And, um, uh, so, um, 
we are looking for women who've never hunted, although we're open to looking at a woman who maybe has tried hunting and it wasn't a good experience and wants to start fresh. So the course is not designed for an experienced hunter or even a moderately experienced hunter. It really is designed for somebody new to this, to this experience. So that is one of the things we'll be looking for is either no hunting or limited. Um, uh, candidates must be of the age of majority. So it is for women age 21 or older. Um, they also need to travel solo. So when you come out to the ranch, you you can't bring your boyfriend or your husband or your dad or your mom or whatever it is. You have to come on your own and uh, be prepared to be, you know, you're going to be working really hard. It's an intensive course. It's long, long days and uh, you need to be focused and, and ready to learn. Um, you know, it is important. I think if we're going to talk about criteria, just let's put it out there. They have to be willing to be photographed and videotaped and their images might be used and will be used um, by the Wild Sheep Foundation, the Women Hunt Program, probably the FTW Ranch, but it'll be, you know, the Wild Sheep Foundation ultimately owns the images and footage. And, um, and so they just need to be comfortable with that. So, um, you know, a uh, couple other little um, um, points around logistics. Um, as I mentioned, this program is funded um, by really generous donors and the chapters and affiliates. Um, but the participants are responsible for getting themselves to San Antonio, to the, the hotel that we'll be staying at. And then they're responsible for their breakfast the following morning and then getting themselves home from the San Antonio airport on October 6th. Beyond that, though, you know, we've the program covers everything else, but they do have some skin in the game uh, for getting themselves out there. And then uh, what are we looking for? Well, you know, we've, we've, we've developed an application package with some, uh, some very, very questions that were really important to this committee to, to, to determine what, you know, what, what the, the, how the women think about hunting conservation, what their thoughts are about wanting to try this. And, and so the series of questions, it's an opportunity for these women to answer them and, and, um, and then we'll, you know, we, we worked with, uh, Kyle, we worked with Dr. Ryan Brock, the youth educator for Wild Sheep Foundation, and he helped us develop the scoring rubric for the questions um, so that, you know, we are applying a consistent methodology to, to grading the, the answers so that there's no, you know, like uh, how there can be um, subjectivity to an essay answer. We want to avoid that, right? So uh, Ryan has, um, Dr. Brock has helped us uh, develop that scoring rubric. So to try to make it as consistently fair as possible. Right on. So uh, this is amazing to me. Like you've got this program. I think this is basically a $3,000 program plus all this gear on top of it. Like there's, you know, if we're pushing four grand here for what people are getting and they just got to show up. That's all. And, and buy breakfast. Sorry. I forgot the breakfast. You got to yeah. pay for breakfast. So <laughs> one meal. Um, what, <laughs> What, what a fantastic opportunity for, for 12 lady hunters. It's going to be a, a phenomenal. I just, I, I somehow wish I was female and not a hunter right now. <laughs> so, I know, I know. <laughs> uh, that, that is so cool. Um, well, that is great. So now when I, I understand, Renee, from the program, I, you know, I, you've shared that with us and, and it, it looks so exciting. Um, but one of the pieces I, I noted was there is a mentorship piece as well, right? So right. Um, do you want to talk a little bit about that and what's involved with that aspect of it? Yeah, absolutely. So um, um, so this is what I had mentioned earlier about here's a way that we can help with mentorship. And, and so what we did was um, we asked the chapters and affiliates in the, in the package I sent um, every, uh, every chapter and affiliate was, you know, we asked for a couple of things in support of this program. If we select a woman from your chapter or affiliate, we ask for a small investment to help offset some of the costs we ask. Um, and, but more importantly, what we ask for is for that chapter or affiliate to find a mentor for that woman so that when she comes out of this course, on October 6th, she's matched with somebody within her community that can answer questions, support her, um, help, you know, help out with all those things that new hunters need help with. And, um, we're, you know, we're asking for that commitment from that mentor for a year to follow that woman through a, a year cycle. And, you know, we've, we have asked, but it's certainly not demanded, but we've asked for that mentor to, 
uh, take that new hunter on a hunt of their choice, whatever it is, turkey, you know, deer, whatever it is they choose, um, so that that woman has another opportunity in fairly short order to get back out on the field. Um, and uh, one of the things we're going to do is um, check in with the mentor a couple times over the course of the year, just to see how the, the new hunter is doing and how the mentorship is going and what their challenges are. We want to learn from the mentor, you know, what, what that experience is like for them and where, where we can help improve it in the future. The other thing we're going to do is um, with the women who are selected, this really is uh, I think a most tremendous opportunity and they, these women are going to be getting a lot out of this, um, not just in swag, but in their, in the learning and experience that they're going to get and the relationships they're going to make, you know, they're really going to benefit. And so um, we've, we're going to be incorporating a, um, a giving back uh, uh, something with these women. So what I mean by that is, Every person is different and they have different comfort levels and, and, and different um, experience. And so every woman, we're going to have a conversation with them and figure out how is it that you can give back from this? Is it finding another new woman hunter and bringing her along? Is it, if you're maybe really confident and you can articulate that North American model well, and you are, you know, uh, sure in yourself, maybe you're going to choose to meet with an organization within your community who perhaps isn't the biggest supporter of hunting and does, or maybe doesn't just understand the role that hunting plays in wildlife conservation. And maybe you sit down and have a dialogue with them about that and get that conversation started. My point is that it can look a million different ways and it's going to be based on all of these 12 women's individual preferences and communication styles and comfort levels. So, uh, you know, they, they, this is, you know, for me is a really important aspect. Um, I, and we'll be checking back with them really regularly over the course of that first year on how their mentorship is going and how their journey is going and what are they facing barriers with? And is there a way we can help with that? And also, how how did it go your whatever it was they elect to give back with um you know how did it go and and we and we're going to ask them to produce basically a report on that and you know i want to be able to demonstrate to the wild sheep foundation community and the board of directors that this had benefits real tangible benefits outside of um, teaching 12 new women to hunt so that's a really important part too and the mentorship piece you know to me is so critical um, you know, that we talk about camaraderie in our community and we are such a tight community and we love sitting down and sharing our stories and experiences. And to me, that mentorship piece out of the chapters and affiliates is key, not just to providing that woman support and answer questions and maybe take them on a hunt, but also bringing them along into the community and helping them meet people and making those friendships. Cool. So, um, this is chapter and affiliates, um, uh, affiliated, I guess, if you will, um, uh, it's promoted through that. So let's say as an example, um, you know, somebody's interested in Idaho and the Idaho wild sheep foundation's promoting it. Um, they're not a member in Idaho. Is that a factor? They're not a member of the foundation. Is that important? How does that look? And what is that? Uh, so when we promote this, what do we need to communicate to, is this only open to our members or can other people apply? Right. Uh, great question. Uh, no, it's not just open to members and people don't need to be a member. Obviously, we'd love to see that. And you're correct. Um, one of the things we've asked chapters and affiliates to do is if a woman is selected from your your area and they're not a member of your chapter or affiliate to consider a one year membership for them so that they automatically have that and can come out and, uh, and, um, and start engaging. Um, but no, you don't need to be a member. It is, you know, it is primarily designed to try to support the women of Wild Sheep Foundation and its chapters and affiliates, but it's not restricted to that. And, um, but we certainly would want to see people come on board. Absolutely. Fantastic. Um, let's talk dates. So um, what's the deadline and then when's the selection process? When are people going to know if they're successful? What does that look like, Renee? Yeah. Okay. So um, application deadline is um, 11.59 PM mountains daylight time on August 6th. 
Um, the women are going to be able to um, fill out the application electronically, like type in their answers, or they can handwrite it, but they still, at the end of the day, need to print it because they have certain uh, releases they need to initial, and then they have to sign and date the application. Then we'll just ask them to scan that and email it in. I provided the email in the package, but I'll just share it here. It's women hunt, women plural, W-O-M-E-N-H-U-N-T at wildsheepfoundation.org. So the applicants will scan an email in their application. If the timestamp is 1159 Mountain on August 6th, committee is going to assess it. So the committee, we've given ourselves a couple of weeks because we just don't know how many applications we're going to get. So we're building in some time for ourselves. So uh, our, we're going to start assessment immediately after closing and um, successful applicants will be notified on August 20th. Cool. And then uh, that, that'll give them the time to make their arrangements and, and whatnot to get down to the course. Fantastic. And in terms of, um, so what, where's the best place for them to go to apply? If somebody's interested, where, where do they go and apply for this? Is it on the Wild Sheep Foundation site or is there an independent site or how does that work? Yeah, thanks, Kyle. So uh, it will be on the Wild Sheep Foundation website. Um, we're just in the process of finalizing building that section of the site. It'll be up um, by the weekend, I understand. Um, and what we're going to do is the Wild Sheep Foundation is going to post, uh, make some social media posts. The URL to that application will be embedded in the social media posts. Um, so a quick, easy click. Um, that's something that every chapter and affiliate can repost and share if they choose to. They can work with me on creating an original post if they would prefer. Um, but, you know, it'll be really easy to just repost what, um, what Sydney Broadway is going to produce out there. But um, uh, so essentially, uh, that's one way of doing it. The other way is, and we've already seen some applications come in, uh, the chapters and affiliates, as you mentioned, I did a presentation on this at the um, chapter and affiliate summit in in uh, june and so um when everybody started receiving the emails from me last week I, it seems like some have already shared it out into within their membership how they did that i don't know if they emailed it or if they printed it and handed them out i don't know but that's another mechanism is that uh an interested person could contact their local wild sheep foundation chapter or affiliate and if your listeners don't know who, where their, their, their closest uh, Wild Sheep Foundation chapter and affiliate is, they are welcome to contact me at that email address, womenhunt at wildsheepfoundation.org, um, and I'll happily point them to the right one. Very cool. And with the uh, podcast here, what we'll do in the show notes is we'll include the URL once you guys get that up. Um, this will probably come out this weekend as well. So we'll uh, we'll get that information from you and post it in the show notes. So anyone that's interested, we'll, we'll direct them in the correct location there. So um, so I, I'm going to be respectful of your time here, Renee. We, you know, we've been almost an hour at this and I know that you have a long journey today. But um, just before we go, you know, where... I've seen a great evolution with Women Hunt, and I really love what you're doing. And I was so excited when I seen this program this year. Um, where do you see it five, ten years down the road? You know, is it uh, kind of more of the same? Do you see it evolving? Um, you seem very proactive, which I think is really exciting. Um, but do you have a vision of where this might end up down the road? Wow. Um, well, certainly, um, you know, the the development of the Women Hunt website that's going to be this hub and spoke is a big piece of work. And I think that will always evolve. Uh, I would really like to find a way to to formalize the mentorship piece of this more clearly. You know, we, we have little forays here and there and we're getting our feet wet. But I really over the next five to 10 years would love to see a more formalized mentorship process. Um, you know, another thing too, is that I really think that at some point we're going to need to shift from recruitment and shift to retention. And I think that's a really big part of, of all of this, you know, uh, of this journey. And particularly because I just, you know, um, I don't want women to get lost in the, in the process, you know, when they, um, are starting out and, and maybe they have a ver great first year and then something goes wrong and they can become discouraged, or whatever that might look or feel like, you know, so that retention piece, um, really, really important to me. So, um, you know, and I, and I think a big part of our, our next steps uh, after this year will be continuing to find different opportunities. Is this always going to be this course in Texas for 12 women? 
Probably not. You know, I, I suspect we're going to try uh, uh, different providers, maybe larger groups, uh, you know, who, who knows what it might look like. And then also really key component, Kyle, is building those relationships. So, you know, every chapter and affiliate, um, you know, has an opportunity to work with us, with our committee, if they choose to, on how we can support those local chapters and affiliates. Um, not only that, there are superb organizations out there, as we well know, and I, I look forward to building relationships with them as well. Other other national organizations, the uh, Wild Turkey Federation, for example, but certainly uh, broader than that. You know, so relationship building will be a big key piece of business in the future um, and continuing um, a broader reach and scope. Fantastic, Renee. Well, I'm super excited about this, and I want to thank you for your leadership on um, on this committee and the great work you're doing. And just hats off to you and your committee for coming up with this program. I, um, yeah, I just it really is exciting, and just really, I'm I'm really keen to see how it evolves and what comes out of all this. And and I I really can't wait to see what you guys do down in Texas this fall. So um, really excited about it. I want to thank you again for your time, and and wish you the best of luck with the course this fall. And hopefully, we can get you back on the show. And I'd like to hear about the outcome of that of the experience in Texas for these these twelve women and and your experience and uh, the that evolution and then also talk to you about some of these other stuff we talked about you know your transformation as a hunter now that you've become more experienced in the industry as well so lots of stuff to talk about but thank you again for your time today well thank you very much and I really appreciate um, how enthusiastic you always are around women hunt and uh, and uh, with this program and I appreciate so much the time you've given me today to talk about it and um, I look forward to continuing to work with Wild Sheep Society British Columbia as we move things forward and um, it is going to be really exciting this fall and I'd be so happy to come back and talk to you anytime about what that looks and feels like and um, you know I think we're going to see some great things come out of it and and some some really great experiences for these women. So it's fantastic. That's awesome. Thanks again, Renee, and have a wonderful day. Thank you. You too.